Welcome back to the Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. And I'm Donnie Whiteman. And I'm Todd Berker. We are a couple Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos, work on Broncos, and love talking about the Ford Bronco from Generation 1 all the way through Generation 6. Our sponsor for this episode is Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has every part that you need to build your Bronco from the ground up. This episode is a special episode. We're talking about the fourth and fifth generation Ford Bronco with Todd Zerker. All right. Welcome back. Another another episode. Todd, it's awesome to have you uh, on this episode. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. It's, uh, it's great to be with you. It's a real honor to be on your podcast. And if you guys uh, aren't familiar with who Todd is, we've been talking about the uh, the book a lot, A History of Ford's Legendary 4x4 Ford Bronco, and Todd is the author of this book. So very cool to, to have you on. We've, we've uh, definitely used your, your book a lot and, and uh, used it as a lot of our information on this podcast. So really appreciate all the work that you did on that. Well, thanks, guys. It's, uh, I'm, I'm happy you're using it, and uh, I hope folks uh, may have been able to pick up a copy since, since they heard about it on, on your show. Um, it was a great labor of love for me to do it, and uh, just real happy to, to spread the word with it. Now, Todd, <laughs> Todd uh, actually gave me a signed copy, Donnie. Is your copy signed? No. <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, he wrote... To John, the king of Bronco media. I, he called me the king of Bronco media. <laughs> I don't know if you're the king of Bronco media, but I am. Uh, thanks for all you do for the little corner of our world. Hope you enjoy the book. Your friend, Todd Zerker. He's my friend. I know. I know. So, <laughs> Todd, I, I actually bought John another copy at Christmas. And on our Christmas episode, I was going to give it to him. But then uh, your signed copy came in and... Uh, I didn't know what to do with mine, but you had written a love letter to John in the copy I was going to give him. <laughs> like how much I love you. And it was really funny. But um, then John shows up and goes, look yep. what I got. <laughs> well, I try to I try to put personalized messages into people that buy those from me. And, uh, you know, if you buy a copy from, from Jeff Bezos, you're not going to get that. That's um, right. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, Todd, part of our podcast, uh, we like to just kind of catch up and uh, see what we've been working on in the shop, see what we've been doing um, with our with our Broncos or just even in life. So uh, what what have you been working on here recently for uh, for all of our viewers? Well, I I'm at a point with my Bronco. So I own I own an early Bronco and I'm at a point right now where I've done most of the upgrades on it. So most of my stuff is maintenance type things and so there's always you know as any bronco knows owner knows there's always some little maintenance thing that you need to do and so most of the stuff i've done with the bronco lately has just been a lot of maintenance items which isn't real exciting to talk about <laughs> um i i'm just been out driving my truck more in the in the past few months um outside of the truck like you work on the podcast and videos and so on i'm often working on on words yeah. Um, so I just I just finished an article for Bronco Driver Magazine about the Broncos that were at the SEMA show last fall. Nice. So that will be coming out in the next issue. And I wrote another chapter in a book for a friend of mine about 
a Bronco and working on some historical stuff. I, I, my good friend Andrew Norton and I are always uh, rescuing old strop racing Broncos. And so he and I own another truck together now. And so been working on some of that. Um, the Broncos actually at Andrew's shop in California. So I can't be there with a lot of hands-on stuff, but there's always historical research and photos and, I really geek out on that kind of stuff, so uh, we've been working on that. Wow! And uh, yeah, it's just you know, there's there's a there's always a couple of you know historical project type things that I'm thinking about. You know, the wheels are always turning. What yeah. what can we write about? What what mysteries haven't we solved yet? So that's that's kind of what I've been working on the last six or eight months. And you you guys are in Arizona, right? Is that where you're at? I'm, I'm in Arizona. I live in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, Andrew lives up in uh, Northern California, north of San Francisco. Okay. And you're a big part of the Arizona club, Bronco club there, right? Um, I, I have a lot of history with it. I'll, uh, to be honest, I have not been very active with the Arizona Classic Bronco club in the last uh, five or six years, but gotcha. I do have a long history with it. I joined it right out of college, which I'm showing my age was about when I was <laughs> now over 30 years ago <laughs> and i did a lot of writing for newsletters led runs i was president for i think about three terms wow uh so yeah very involved with the arizona club long time nice long time arizona guy so yeah i know a lot of the people in the in the arizona area and it's it's a hotbed for broncos there have always been a lot of broncos in arizona so yeah, yeah. um we've been blessed that way that's cool yeah. That's cool. Donnie, what have you been, what have you been working on? Uh, you know, it's funny that you talked about the, the strop racing Bronco, because I was reading the inside back cover, the flap of Todd's book. And I saw that he had, he had co-owned one or two of the strop racing Broncos from the Baja days, late, late sixties, early seventies. And, uh, I started looking online and trying to buy die cast <laughs> big Ollies and strop Broncos and stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I got this one in the mail the other day. So it's funny. I went to Tom's website and they have like 43 die cast models for sale. And, um, I think they even have some of those strop racers too. I have to go back and look again, but yeah, I've been goofing around on the internet buying stuff. (laughs) That's a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother realm too. When you get into collecting those die casts, I mean, there are people that have like two or three rooms in their house yeah yeah it's so true i have a few like i I just have a few but yeah it's it is a it's a whole collector thing well moving along we're going to do the parts corner today on this episode you know because as a bronco enthusiast as a person who works on broncos you're always looking for new parts new tools new whatever it is that uh, you can use on your Bronco. So I've got a part. Donnie has some parts. Todd has some some parts that uh, that we're going to talk about today. I'm, I'm going to go first because it's actually something that I don't have yet. So as you guys know, I do video production and one of my clients is Ian Johnson. So we're over at his shop uh, working on this Cummins repowered Jeep. And he pulls out this uh, Harbor Freight Jack, floor jack. It was the Badlands Harbor Freight floor jack. And this thing was awesome. Like, it's the perfect, it, it, he said it was, a, I don't know the, the brand, like a copy of a War Eagle floor jack or something like that. But, 
I mean, it sits super high. It has these big, like, off-road, hard plastic wheels on it. But it just, it worked. You know, like most floor jacks you get are low profile. They don't jack up very high. This thing, I mean, it was like we could really jack what we were working on up. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm putting this on my list of things to buy. It's a little expensive. I think it was like 300 bucks, but still Harbor Freight. And it's actually good quality. Usually Harbor Freight stuff, I'm like, eh, that might not last very long. But this felt like it was good quality. Donnie, what you got on your list? Well, I've been doing all these EFI conversions on Broncos. And so we're dropping all the fuel tanks. And you got to convert them, put a high-pressure fuel pump in them and things like that. And uh, I actually got this new auxiliary tank that came with the straps, the, a skid plate. It, but it's an auxiliary tank. But it doesn't have the issue that all the other ones have. So the opening, uh, where you, the filler neck, essentially, it doesn't constrict or get smaller as it goes towards the tank. So it doesn't spit fuel back at you. And uh, Tom's redesigned huh. a tank that has a large diameter opening so you can fill it as fast as you can your regular tank. Wow. But it comes all set up for uh, EFI too. So yeah, it's pretty neat. It's going to save me a lot of time. So this is an auxiliary tank? Yeah. And for EFI as well? Yeah. A lot of times we'll, yeah. So you can run separate pumps. Oh. Um, yeah. Because you got to have high pressure either way. Yeah. So whether you're on auxiliary or the main tank. Yeah. Interesting. So but this tank, the, the nice thing is all the fittings and everything on it, It's you can just slide the parts in. It's so much easier. That's cool. Man, that's very cool. All right, Todd, you got any uh, You got any parts for uh, for our Bronco enthusiasts? I don't have parts per se, but I do I want, do want to say a shout-out for a tool. You talked about the new Harbor Freight jacket. Yeah. Um, one tool I've discovered in the past year is the cordless ratchet. And I'm a Milwaukee man, so mine happens to be Milwaukee, but I know they're made by a variety of manufacturers. And I put this off for a long time because I had had a, an air cordless ratchet years ago, and it was kind of a pain. It, you know, you always had that umbilical cord hanging <laughs> off of it and dragging yeah. it around. And I'm like, let's just use a socket. Yep. And at some point in the last year, I, I bought one of these, these cordless ratchets, and it's awesome uh it's mine's a 12 volt uh three eighths drive and so the head's a little smaller you know we've all gone to the cordless impacts and stuff and they're yeah. handy and they have a great uh, great you know place where they're used to but the, the impact the head's a little or the, the ratchet the head's a little smaller you can get it into tight places i was working on a changing a starter out a few months ago and man you can just get that up in there and it puts your extension on it and, and it's the perfect, I, I find, I'm amazed how many times I find myself grabbing that now. If it's intake manifold bolts or you're doing the timing cover, the water pump, or, you know, there's just a million different places to use it. And yeah. so that's something that I've put in my toolbox in the recent past and, and gets used a lot now. I, I really like it. Yeah, that's cool. I recently did the Milwaukee Impact Driver. Mm-hmm. That thing is just a beast. It'll break any bolt on my Bronco. <laughs> you know, it's like all these old rusty bolts. It'll snap it off, but it, it, it actually works really, really well. I, I've really enjoyed having that thing. You know, both of those jobs, whether you're taking heavy bolts off, you know, you bust your knuckles or you're getting in tight spots around the exhaust manifolds uh, or the intake, you end yeah. up just slicing your knuckles all up. So if you can have a, a power tool, yeah, way better. Yep. 
Cordless yeah. ratchet. I'm going to have to put that on my list too. I'm, I just pulled it up. It looks pretty cool. Well, uh, moving, moving right along through our episode today. So obviously we've got Todd on and uh, we're going to talk about some fourth and fifth generation Bronco history here. Um, and, uh, and just kind of go through some of the, some of the highlights. Now we already talked about second gen. We talked about, um, uh, third generation in the last episode. And, uh, so moving into fourth and fifth generation, we just felt like that this was going to be a, a good one to just kind of, um, hear from, you know, hear from Todd on to hear from him, what some of the upgrades were and those kinds of things, what some of the changes were. So, Todd, talk us through. So we're we're coming out of the third generation uh, in what was it eighty six going into eighty seven. Yeah, eighty six, right? Eighty six to eighty seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. What what were I mean? You know, they they kind of took it to a sleeker design on the fourth generation. But what were some of the big changes, big upgrades that uh, the fourth generation had? Well, you you really touched on it there uh, with with the body changes. You know the the Third generation trucks, although they were more aerodynamic than the second generation trucks, they were still fairly blocky and squared off looking, if you will. Um, and then for '87, I think it was really built. You know, there were so so many aero cues, if you you would call them, coming out of Ford in the mid '80s with the the Taurus in '86 and the Thunderbird that came out. I think it was in '83. You know, all this rounded sculpture type stuff yeah. to be more aerodynamic. And that's what they really did with the 87 Bronco. You know, they went to the flush mounted headlights for the first time and the, the sides had a little more curvature to them. The hood was a little more smoother. Yeah. So the, the arrow was the big deal appearance wise. Um, in terms of powertrains, you know, the third generation was a very, probably had the greatest evolution to it from 1980 to 86. So by the time you get to 86, they had put EFI on the 302, the five liter, which was a huge game changer and added the AOD transmission for for automatic overdrive. And then they just continued that with 87 on in that generation. So they, during the fourth generation, they added EFI to the 306 cylinder and they added EFI to the 351. So that, that made a huge difference in terms of the drivability and reliability of the truck. Yeah. The other thing they did was they, they did the, the AOD, which was the lighter duty automatic overdrive transmission that they, you could get behind the five liter. They also went to five speed manual overdrive transmissions. Oh, interesting. So you now could have a five speed that had a little slower first gear, you know, a little lower first gear, and then you dri- drive it down the freeway, shift into fifth gear. You know, you're not screaming along it. 3000 RPM anymore. It's, it's more comfortable, more comfortable ride. You know, the engine's not screaming at you. Um, they actually started out with two different transmissions very early in 87. There was one that had a, uh, it was called the ZF and it, it had a granny low and they, for huh. some reason they didn't use that very long. They ditched that and they went back to the four speed. So if you still wanted a granny low first year in the fourth and fifth generation trucks, you still had the I think it was a T, either the T18 or the new process 435. I think they kind of used them interchangeably there, yeah. but they they just became more refined. They added uh, a rear wheel ABS, which was the first first uh, SUV to have ABS, right? I believe that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now people today, of course, would say, "Well, it's kind of crude and so on," but you know what? We've we've all got to start somewhere. Yeah, and that was that was 
that was a good start. Um, interior wise, the, the fourth generation were, were a little more smoothed out. Again, the, the third gen still had the very squared off instrument panel and, and sharp edges and so on. And then you move into 87 and everything just flows a little more nicely and it's a little more updated. I, I will say that I think adding fuel injection to those engines there at the beginning of the fourth gen and then carrying on to the fifth gen has really made those trucks a lot more desirable yeah. uh, and reliable yeah. too for for people that are collecting those trucks today. I think that's one reason that you don't see as many third gens on the road anymore is because right. the majority of those were carbureted and people, you know, by the fourth or fifth owner, people were just sick of dealing with those carburetors and, and yeah. anyone that lived through the Malaysia era cars know that they were just a pain. And so suddenly we have fuel injection and, oh gosh, the thing starts every morning. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's cold and the engines last longer because the cylinders aren't getting washed down by fuel and yeah. and so on. So, you know, you see you see more of those those later trucks um, on, on the road. And then late, uh, I should mention the end of the fourth generation trucks in 91 was the 25th anniversary of the Bronco. And oh, wow. so they did come out with a 21st, 25th anniversary edition. Uh, it came out, it was only one color. It was current red and it had, uh, it had some leather seating surfaces in it. I think that was the first Bronco that ever had leather in it. Oh, and wow. You got a, you got a special key for the ignition and you got a special, uh, you know, I call it a members only jacket sort of, thing. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a 20, you know, that style, yeah. a 25th, as, as, as you would get in 1991. Yep, yep. And, uh, you see more though. They had a badge on the B pillar, and so you see, you see those haven't taken off a lot in terms of value, but you you see them for sale. I there, you know, there's been some of those listed for sale on Bring a Trailer and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then they also added the E4OD, which was like the C6 version with overdrive in 1990 or 91, and okay. so that was then behind the 351. So again. Lots of refinement in the fourth gen, which still makes them a very decent driver today. And then yeah. you move into the fifth gen. Well, before you do that, uh, yeah. was was Eddie Bauer, was that fourth generation, that first Eddie Bauer? Uh, that actually started in the third gen. That started in 83 or 84. I can't remember which year. I'm sorry, I don't have my book in front of me. It was, <laughs> it was either 83. In fact, I think I left that up. That's one omission in the book. I don't, I didn't mention what year that started. Okay. For Uncle. I think it was, I think it was 83. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was still in the, in the third gen. And I'll, I'll just say just a note on the Eddie Bauer thing. That was kind of an interesting pairing. Uh, yeah. I, I remember when it came out in the eighties and it was, I'm like, eh, what, what is this? But Eddie Bauer, <laughs> people should remember that Eddie Bauer was like the West Coast version of LLB and it wasn't just a, uh. A, a clothing store in the mall like it might be today. I'm not even sure. I, I guess they're still around, but yeah, um, it was just a, you know, a lifestyle thing. And they, they really did a nice job with those trucks, whether yeah. it's the fourth gen or fifth gen, the interiors, the colors, just really, really well done. Yeah. Well, and then, and then also the fourth gen, uh, I think is the one that had the night Broncos too, right? Yes. The 1991, there were just very, thank you for mentioning that. There were very few of those. And some, some people will say that there, there weren't any in 91, but I think it's because there were so few. Kevin Marty in his report said, say, I think there was like between 350 and 400 of them. Wow. There weren't that many. 
Yeah, they were more common in the 92 Broncos. Okay. F-150s. So, again, that was kind of a – that's what you would expect from that time period in the early 90s. You know, things blacked out yeah. and monochromatic. And, and it's, I frankly, I think those those particular vehicles uh, have aged pretty well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess we're all biased. Yeah, it's totally something that I would expect to see on an episode of Knight Rider. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Dave Hasselhoff gets out of kit and gets into his <clears throat> Knight Bronco. Like, I just right. that's that's how I picture it. Yeah, and you probably had Rancho shocks with pink shocks and something, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yep. Which generation was the um, when the Centurion came out? Like the suburban version of the Bronco. Um, that actually started. During the fourth generation, uh, okay. and then carried into the fifth. I I'd have to go back and look. I didn't I didn't cover Centurions in the book just because I didn't have enough space. But I believe they started uh, probably eighty seven or eighty eight something okay. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are a whole a whole other breed that probably deserve a chapter under themselves. You know, they're sure. interesting interesting vehicles. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so moving into fifth generation, then um, there, I, I don't feel like were there a lot of big changes between the fourth and fifth generation Bronco. There really weren't. Again, it was just a little bit of refinement here and there. I, I'm biased. I think the fifth generation is the best looking yeah. of the of the bigger trucks. They added. In 94, they added an airbag for the driver's steering wheel, and they moved, in that generation, they moved to four-wheel ABS. Okay. And they started with uh, leather upholstery became more widely available, and like if you were sitting in the back seat of a fifth gen, you finally got a three-point belt instead of just a lap belt. So, you know, some things like that. And and on the engines-wise, not much changed, although I will say just from a techie standpoint, in 94, the 351's got a roller cam, which uh, those roller cam 351's have become very popular engines to retrofit into, you know, other Broncos and things like that. There's just a, a little bit of cachet with those. So powertrain-wise, not a not a lot of changes. But I will say the, the fifth gen, again, has, I think, the best, color schemes of any of the Broncos and I think they're probably second only well maybe it's a maybe it's a horse race between the second gen and the fifth gen but the fifth gen <laughs> really has come into its own in terms of collectability yeah. in the last few years for really nice examples I mean you look at the you look at the color schemes on the last three or four years of those trucks and they're yeah it's total 90s but they are just they've aged well and yep. just beautiful color schemes not just the edit bowers i mean they're just the some of the solid color schemes too they're they're just beautiful beautiful trucks yeah i i agree i am a third gen i i love the third gen i just i love the combo of the smaller um and the the second gen grill and and all that but i do mm-hmm. the the fifth is has grown on me and there's so much you can do with it. And even like you have in your book, some of the more Raptor style desert racing fifth gens. And mm-hmm. um, I just think, yeah, those are, those are really cool. And those have aged really well. 
Yeah, there's the, there's a, a lot of modifications, like you say, on those trucks. There's a certain contingent that really hate the twin traction beam and think it's just terrible, and they rip it out and they put a solid axle in. That's fine, you know, mud bogs, rock crawling, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, as I have in the book, there's a whole subculture of these desert free runners where you can just spend an inordinate amount of money, yeah. you know, beefing up and rebuilding that. And, and the twin traction beam has a very, very long and storied history in, in desert racing because it was so bulletproof and you could build long travel, relatively speaking, very cheaply. And mm. so um, pre Broncos have become very popular that way with, with race teams because you can have a lot of lockable storage inside and you can still have a truck that you can all three or four people around and you can move reasonably quick, uh, yeah. you know, down a desert course if you're free running or bebopping around in Baja somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. On those color schemes, I really like the color match roofs they did on the gen fives, like the red on red. I just thought that looked amazing. Yeah. 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 There's some, the red ones were really striking. And then there's some, some, uh, I, I got call it a light green. That was really, really pretty too. So yeah. I, I sometimes I just pick out the pull out the 94, 95, 96 brochures and just go to the back page where they have all the different color combinations on it and just look at it. And, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, were, were there stripe kits in, in that gen? Um, not really. Um, the stripe kits kind of went away in the eighties. You know, there were the, the, the freewheeling stuff. And then in the third gen in 82 and 83, there was the, the XLS edition, which is really rare, and those were those were about the last of the the stripe kits. I mean, I say stripe kits. You could there are still pinstripes and things like that, but they're not. You know, there were no freewheeler type trucks in the in the fourth and fifth generation yeah. trucks. Yeah, and uh, and then there's the, the the trucks they built that they were trying to you know obviously sell a bunch of the Broncos edition with John Elway. Yeah, now those those are very rare. Um, if I recall, I think there were only about seven or eight of those built. Somebody, I saw one of those for sale recently, and I can't even remember where, what venue I saw it at, but I, I think I somehow got a hold of the owner and I said, you know, those are pretty rare vehicles. There is a picture in the book that I got from the guy that built those with John Elway standing with a number of those trucks lined up in a field. And I think that he said, I think he told me, he said that was about all of those that we built. So I think ironically he was number seven and they built seven. <laughs> yeah, that might be, that might be. Yeah. I, uh. it, I think it was 10 or less. So yeah. Yeah. So his, uh, it, it's kind of interesting to think back. Okay. They did the Denver Broncos Bronco back in the, in the seventies and 1975. And you know, there's some, some uncertainty we'll say on how many of those exactly were built, but there were a right. lot more of those built in the seventies than there were with the John Elway edition in 1989. And those, those early Denver Broncos on the first gen, those were red, white, and blue. And they looked a lot like a strop, didn't they? They did. They, they had the exact same color scheme with the exception of they had a white hood and the Baja Broncos had a black hood. Oh yeah. And most of the, most of the Denver Broncos actually started out as uncut and uh, and then ended up getting cut. I don't know the numbers of how many of each type were done, but there, there are quite a few. Uh, if, if you're in Colorado, for example, at Supercell West, there's usually a couple of uncut Denver Broncos that show up at that event. <laughs> wow. So, That's cool. Yeah. 
Well, man, so appreciate it, Todd. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. And for everyone who's listening, if you haven't yet picked up a copy of Todd's book, uh, History of Ford's Legendary 4x4 Ford Bronco, definitely worth the read. And definitely it is a coffee table book. Like this is one that I I enjoy just kind of leaving out, you know, and, and uh, letting guests thumb through it uh, when they come over. So it looks good. You did a great job with it, Todd, and uh, and we appreciate having you on. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's always great to talk Bronco with friends. Yeah. <laughs> My wife is familiar with your book. We have an entire library, and she's like, why are you always reading the same book? <laughs> Pick, there's hundreds here. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for uh, Todd for being on and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Toller, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the broadcast. We'll see you next week.